Hello and welcome back to the Worcestershire podcast. We're three sisters who have started up a podcast to talk about our favourite TV shows and movies. In this episode, we're going to discuss episodes 22 and 23 of season two of Pretty Little Liars. We have a motto here in the Worcestershire, which is, <laughs> if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. Say hi, guys. Hi, I'm Suna. Hi, I'm Sadie. And I'm Arzum. And welcome to the Shire. Well, I'll recap episode 22. And Sadie, will you recap episode 23 for us? Yeah, okay. So episode 22 is called Father Knows Best. But I personally think this episode should be called The Girls Turn Into Brats. Yes. So in this episode, all of the girls become super bratty and disrespectful to their parents. Like, I don't even know what's going on, but it's intense. But... The whole pr- idea about this episode is that it's leading up to a big father-daughter dance that um, all the girls go to. And yeah, um, Sadie, do you want to recap episode 23 for us? So episode 23 is called Eye of the Beholder. And um, it's it, it was confusing to me, to be honest with you guys. But um, I will say this, we see a couple of new characters. We see some old ones come back and Toby's got a fire new haircut. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Um, who do we want to start with? The opposite of whatever Sadia says. Okay, we'll say something so we can pick the opposite. I want to say Aria. Cool, so Emily? <laughs> <laughs> Emily, let's do it. Okay, so starting with Emily, I guess uh, the biggest drama with Emily is that Maya's missing, right? So yeah. all of her drama seems to really revolve around that. Um, Maya's parents found a note and a packed bag and Maya hasn't returned any of her texts or anything. Um so she's obviously a bit concerned and also a bit annoyed at Maya for just taking off like that. Um, so the next scene is that Wayne has come to town, I guess, and it's for the father-daughter dance that we've been talking about. He comes to town to hang out with her. Um, but as per usual, they can only afford one of Emily's parents at a time. So, <laughs> um, so Pam is not in this episode. We later on find out, though, that Pam is back home um packing up the house so we don't find this out until a bit later in the meantime though um Wayne is going to help my Emily try and find Maya he mentions that he gave his parents a run for their money every once in a while when he was younger and he ran away for a few days and that there's only a few ways young people can get around that that's cheap so he goes with her to go look at some of the train stations and bus stops and stuff like that when they do get to one of the train stations or sorry bus station I should say one of the that are working there um, is just going on his 20 minute lunch break as he wanted to explicitly say he doesn't have time to look at the photo he's just like yeah sorry I can't look at your photo I only get 20 minutes for lunch and that breaks Emily she's like okay we're never gonna find anything here we, we should leave <laughs> as if you don't just wait the 20 minutes <laughs> or I know <laughs> like he'll be back it's 20 minutes <laughs> I know like, also, fair enough, if he only gets 20 minutes for lunch, just wait 20 minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, at first I was like, oh, that's a bit mean, someone's missing. And then I was like, oh, he only gets 20 minutes, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the guy kind of um, pays her off and then Wayne comes in with his army hat. He's like, I got this. <laughs> he's like, excuse yeah. me, tilts his hat down. Um, and he's like, oh, wow, I also served in the army, honorably discharged. What can I do for you? Like, you only matter if you're in the army. Yeah, women don't matter, only army bros for life. (laughs) Exactly. He lets her know that he did in fact see her friend Maya and that she bought a ticket to San Francisco. She bought a ticket. Doesn't mean she went. Okay. I just have to interject here and ask you guys a very important question. Do people actually remember small details from people they don't know in places like this? I guess in this case, though, it was like late at night. She's obviously a teenager by herself and everything, and then... He didn't see her again after. It probably was slow and everything as well. Um, after that, Emily ends up getting a missed call from Maya, but she just misses it. And when she returns it back, her voicemail is full. She can't get through. And then she realises something. Like she goes to the father-daughter dance and she talks with her dad. And she's like, I think you're right, dad. Like I don't think Maya wants to be found. And I feel like I've wasted my whole time that I'm supposed to be spending with you just worrying about her. And this is when her dad tells her that actually this visit um, was more than just a father-daughter dance. He's being deployed um, to Afghanistan for six months and he wanted to spend some quality time with Emily. So 
Pam's packing up the house and she's going to be joining Emily back in Rosewood soon. The next thing, at the end of episode 22, we see that A gets a copy of a newspaper from one of those newspaper dispenser things and it's about Maya being missing. So nothing really too sus happens here, but it kind of like raises questions about is A involved in any way? Maybe A is going to use it as an opportunity as an opportunity to get more into um, Emily's head. Okay, next thing that happens for Emily is in episode 23, and she gets a text from Maya that says, don't tell anyone, but I'm okay, and we're going to talk soon. So Maya seems to not want her parents to know that she's okay. Uh, Emily still tells Spencer about it anyway, because I think she's feeling a bit guilty about this, because she's she knows that if this were her parents, they'd be really worried, and she wants the St. Germain's to have peace of mind. Yeah, props Emily for making the right call. Like, that's got to be hard for any teenager. Cool. And that literally is all for Emily. So who is next? Do you guys want to do Ariane? No, Ariane Spencer, I think, is where all the drama is this time, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll do Hannah next. Yeah, let's do Hannah. Where do we first see Hannah in episode 22? The first time we see Hannah is actually in the scene when Emily um, is uh, has heard from the cops and comes into Hannah's room and starts telling her about it. This is like all tied into Emily's timeline, but the only thing I wanted to say is, why is our girl Hannah sleeping with a full face of makeup? I know. That's not good for your skinny girl. No. She's just like full on in bed with makeup, speaks to Emily, and then turns off her light and goes back to sleep. The pillow was taken before her. Why Why would she scrub to take it off when she could just roll around the pillow a couple of times and it's gone? She's naturally beautiful, okay? You guys are mistaking her natural beauty for a full face of makeup. So the main, one of the main things that's happening in Hannah's timeline is Ashley's working with Wilden on trying to figure out who A is because, as we remember from the last episode, um, Ashley found uh, the note from A on Hannah's arrest report and so now she's suspicious that someone is um, annoying Hannah and she wants to know who it is and who's, like, threatening her. And Hannah is absolutely refusing to tell her anything. Um, so Ashley's working with Wilden. And um, they have a conversation about trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, We also find out in the same scene that um, Hannah's dad bailed on the father-daughter dance um, and Ashley says she'll go with her. Um, But Hannah's hesitant to do that because she thinks she'll look like a bit of a loser. But, like, the whole thing about this father-daughter dance to me is it's a bit like, I don't know, what about if you don't have a father? Exactly. It's very um, exclusive. Yeah, like what about just a parent dance or a, you know, caregiver dance or whatever? Some people don't have a dad, some people don't have a mum, some people have two dads, some people have, you know, a grandmother that looks after them instead, whatever. Like, And also, why just daughters? Don't sons want to dance with their dads? No. Outrageous behaviour. No deal. So that was my complaint about the theme for that dance. I want it gone. I also want like all of their events gone, like the the truth out or truth 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 up events or whatever it was. I just want more Halloween events. I know. <laughs> Can they do a Halloween like once a month? I like it. I'd do it. Um, so Ashley meets Wilden, um, and they're chatting away in the car. He wants Hannah's phone, so he she can't get any information out of any anything, and he says it. This A is in Hannah's world. It doesn't matter whether they're texting her or she's texting her friends about A or whatever is going on, but it's in her world. And if they want answers, they're going to need that phone. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mona and Hannah are hanging out just outside the car and they're talking about how Mona hasn't heard from A since. And they see, yep. as they're having that conversation, Wilden and Ashley in the car. So when they get home, Hannah confronts Ashley and is like, what are you doing talking to Wilden? And she says she's looking for answers and brings up the police report. Hannah is like, this is what Sadie was talking about, the attitude. And she's like, so? And she mentions that she doesn't want this to get out. And Ashley, um, logic of the century, is like, it's already out. It was on our kitchen counter. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yes, Ashley, it's already out. (laughs) Like, yes, it's already out. Go to the freaking police. Like, it's not going to get worse than this. They know about your arrest. No can't do it and then um for a brief moment ashley considers taking hannah's phone she sees it sitting on the bench there and she considers taking it but hannah comes back and um grabs it yeah but um one other thing that she does that's really rude 
is that um, she says she tries, Asha tries to be like nice to Hannah and it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, Hannah, sometimes you don't always know what's best. Like she's being gentle about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, if you're meeting with Will, then neither do you and storms off. Like, yeah, mate, this all yeah, happened because you shoplifted glasses that were last season by your own accord. Instead of telling an adult or telling the cops. You're just running around playing stupid games. They don't go to the cops when they need to go to the cops. But Hannah's attitude towards Ashley was like unwarranted because Ashley has been in her corner since day one. Yeah. And especially because like later on when she goes to the dance, she talks about her mum and she says she's just worried. She's trying to help. Like, yes, she is. So why are you being a meanie? Teenage kids, man. Who needs them? It's the day of the dance, I think. And Hannah and Ashley get into an argument in the kitchen. And things are getting, like, really heated now. And she's trying to take Hannah's phone from her. But Hannah, in a power move, goes straight to the sink and just shoves the phone into, a, into the sink full of water. Also, a couple of notes. They never cook or clean in that house. So why is there a sink full of water, soapy water, just sitting there? <laughs> I was going to say, they only cook or clean when they need to put something in that sink. Like... Uh, Caleb's hat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Also, my my inner teenager during that scene where she throws her phone into the into the water was like absolutely crapping it. If I had done that as a child, I don't know what mum would have done. It just gave me major anxiety levels. If you did that as an adult, I don't know what mum would have done. I know. <laughs> I know. It gave me like major anxiety levels. I was shocked as. And my note at this scene is just these words. Ashley does not deserve this. <laughs> she really does not. Yeah. And then it's um, literally the, the next thing she does is go to the dance and she's talking to the girls about it. And she's like not dressed up or anything. This is the least dressed up she's ever been in her life. I know. She could have worn her regular Wednesday outfit. Um, and she's just like looking out of place at this dance. Yeah. And she's telling the girls, my mom's getting suspicious. What if Ella and Ashley start talking to each other? Because they talked about how Ella was getting um, suspicious as well. And Mona has an idea. So Mona's in um, in this conversation for now. And she says, I've got an idea, but she wants to know who the best liar is. What a stupid way to phrase a question, one. And number two, I loved how all the girls in unison pointed at Aria. <laughs> so and Aria's true. surprised. I was like, why are you surprised, Aria? You lie to everyone you know. Um, so basically Mona comes up with a plan and it involves Aria and a big lie, which she's really bad at. Um, and Mo- Mona's really bad at and that's why they chose Aria because she's a good liar. And then Hannah doesn't go back to the house. She's standing in the middle of the dance in her jeans, just like hugging herself on the middle of the dance floor. Um, but then we cut to a scene where Aria is sitting in front of Ashley and she's telling her she's the one who sent that police report to Hannah and she says that it's because... Her and the girls know that she, Hannah was shoplifting again and she wasn't listening to anyone about it. So she And she was telling them to stop and no, she wasn't listening to anyone. And so she was worried that she was going to go to jail because Hannah had mentioned that had been, she had been arrested before and the plan was to scare her straight. When Ashley asked where she got the report from, she says she made it up in, fo- in Photoshop, like literally made it up. And yeah. isn't that Photoshop class coming in handy? A as an ARIA, A as an anonymous and all that. And then she leaves. That's Mona's plan um, to get ARIA to confess to it being her and to get their mums off their backs so that way they're not talking about it. But it's interesting because this was the instigator then, like their plan backfired a little bit, but this was the instigator for Ashley and Ella to actually talk about it. And then Ashley's like, yeah, actually, we've been harassed by this A too. Because, yeah, it makes sense. If ARIA comes and confesses something like that, then you go to Aria's mum and you're like, what's going on with your daughter? And then it starts yeah. the conversation, right? That little scene, though, signified for me, like, maybe, like, a little, um, what's that word that Lebanese Snicket used to use? A schism. Oh, a chasm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I like how you got that. <laughs> this is like when your, um, your husband was like, what's that song about going to a bar? And he knew exactly which one it was. No, it was, no, because he said going to a club. Oh, yeah, he did. Sorry, and it was actually yeah. like going to a bar. Yeah. Do you know what song it is, Sadie? What song is it? It's um Ed Sheeran. Shape, Shape of, of you. you. Shape of you. Yeah. <laughs> so the bar is where I go. That's what he was talking about. It wasn't even at a club. It was at a bar. <laughs> and so I got it instantly. Anyway, back to the show we're watching. Ella and 
um, Ashley are talking about this now. So um, Ashley approaches Ella and says, hey, your daughter said this. And Ella's kind of like, oh, that's really weird. We've been harassed by A before too. And it just doesn't make sense. So reality is they don't believe her. And it's made them start a conversation, basically. Which was the opposite of what they intended. In the next episode, we see Hannah continuing to be a brat. And she thinks it's unreasonable that Ashley won't replace the phone that she purposefully ruined so that she wouldn't give it to Ashley. <laughs> yes. And then she also says to Hannah, um, you know, if you ask some of my questions, then we'll talk about getting you a new phone. And she's just like, what if I'm dying? I know. And then Ashley's like, well, if it's an emergency, I'm sure Emily will let you borrow her phone. And Emily's like, yeah. And Hannah gives her death stares. <laughs> and she's like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, what is she going to say? No, you can't use my phone in emergency. Obviously, you can. Um, it gave. Have you guys seen that video of that um, really angry kid who is like, I want the new phone. And the mum is like, no, you have a perfectly good phone. And he's like, what if I break this phone? And he's like holding it over the pool. And she's like, I swear to God, whatever your name is. And he throws it in anyway and then starts crying when she's like, I'm not getting you a new phone. <laughs> now you have to swim in and get it. He like football spiked it onto the ground and picked it up and shoved it into the above ground pool. Yeah, that's Hannah. But this problem isn't an issue for long because when Hannah gets to school, Mona's giving her a really, really old phone, like super old, like six months old. But she loves antiques. I know, it's ancient. And um, uh, Mona's got a very classic line here that I hate. So Hannah t- calls her like a saint or something. And she says, what's the point of doing something for someone if it doesn't make you look good? Yeah, that was not a good line, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. It was just classic Mona. Spencer also had a pretty good line here, but I can't remember exactly what it was. If we could harness her entitlement, we could light up the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, such a good line. Um, Hannah and Mona are scheming to try and get getting good with Toby again. And Mona pretends she's super interested in his truck. But also, plot twist, didn't he give that truck back to Spencer when he took off? Uh, It's not a plot twist or a plot hole. Um, I did make note of this in the previous episode. Spencer drove it back to the parents' house and dropped it off and said it was because it was for a gift. We didn't see that, but she mentioned it to the girls ages ago. Oh, okay. I missed that. Great. He's trying to sell the truck. But why? It's not your really your truck to sell. You have to give the money back then instead. Maybe that's what he's planning. I don't know. The whole thing doesn't seem right. They better be giving that money back to Melissa for her ring, bro. I know. Good point. Yeah, so Mona's pretending she's interested in in a truck because her cousin is apparently going for a hillbilly, rockabilly something phase. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah walks in and she's like, how can you be hanging out with Jenna again? Did you forget what she did to you? And he's like, no. Did you forget what you did to her? Yeah. He literally said it back to them. I know. She's been through more than all of us. And I want to tie this back to something Suna said a few episodes ago, which is so true. Not just to her, but to him also. The whole reason why Toby was looked down on and like shunned by the whole town and has this bad reputation that makes Spencer's family want to avoid him is because of what Spencer and the friends did. Toby literally never did anything. His whole reputation is ruined. Jenna's blind and it's all because of them. So I just want to add that in here. Toby snapped back and they deserved it. There is more with Hannah, but I wrote the rest of that in Spencer's timeline because it made more sense. Yeah, me too. So I think that's it for Hannah. Cool. Um, so let's continue with Aria. So it starts off with Aria saying... She doesn't want to do the father-daughter dance um, to Ella, right? Yeah, so this is just after Ella and Arya and Fitz have all sat down and had a big old chat because Ella was willing to listen because Arya threatened to run away, basically. And so now she's telling Ella that she doesn't want to do the father-daughter dance and she also seems to think that because her mum had that sit-down with them too, that Ella is accepting it because she makes a comment saying, Uh, like he just doesn't get it like um he's kind of like not like you he's not willing to listen and stuff and Ella's like just because I'm willing to listen don't get mistaken that I'm on your side um I'm still processing things and Arya's kind of like shocked by this yeah and I was more shocked by Arya's clashing patterns (laughs) oh my god what was she wearing in this scene she was wearing like a top with like little stars everywhere and then a leopard print skirt later on in this episode though for the first time ever, I like something Arya's wearing. What? Which one was it? It's the top with all the fish on it. The sweater. 
I don't think I noticed it. Oh, it's so cute. I think you'll like it. Okay, so I guess next thing that happens is um, once she's about to head out, um, Mike asks her if she's going to the father-daughter dance and Ari kind of says, I'm not sure, not really feeling the fatherly love anymore kind of a thing. Why? And Mike's going to go and DJ as well. Now that he's better and not breaking into houses, he's a local DJ. And he asks her, like, if this relationship with Fitz is causing so much problems to everyone and, like, between you and our family and his job and everything, why haven't you given it up? And she says, oh, well, you know, when you love someone, it's worth fighting for no matter what the odds. But in reality, it sounds like no matter how many lives you mess up, do what you want. And also, like, not when your love is creepy. My next note for Aria, um, I think it's at the dance, it says, poor Aria, she has a dad that cares about her. I know. <laughs> no, I think this was before the dance. This was when um, her dad was saying, oh, you know, give me notice so that I can make sure that my tie matches and everything. And she's like, we don't have to do that this year. Yeah, he's like, what's different about this year? Yeah, like yeah. he's like giving you a clean slate. He's trying to be like, this whole thing never happened. He's trying to make it unawkward for you. And you're just like yeah. throwing it away. Yeah, like I feel like he's handling it really well. Like thing, he's just like, you know, let's get that creep away and move on with our lives. And also get that creep away in the nicest way possible. So he's not even behind bars, and he should be. Yeah, he's setting him up with a good job, which he mentions later on, and we'll get back to. Because when they are at the dance, we've already mentioned this whole thing that happens with um, Hannah. So Arya needs to go and lie yeah. to Hannah's mum. So she goes up to her dad in the middle of the dance and asks if they can leave early. Um, and he's like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, he's like, why? And it's like, because Hannah needs me. He's like, oh, I just saw Hannah. She seems fine. But first of all, that girl's wearing sweatpants in the middle of a father-daughter dance, hugging <laughs> <Yeah>. herself. <laughs> she's not fine. During these two episodes, when Hannah needed Caleb the most, he wasn't there. Like, he was at his parents' house. So she was, like, completely alone. Made me sad. Like, she didn't have anyone there to help her see reason. But, yeah, so she's like, I need to leave the dance immediately. And Byron's kind of like, oh, even though Hannah seems fine in all of her wonderful self-hugging self. Um, we can leave now, but um, can we just quickly take our father-daughter picture first? We've done it every year. And she's like, having a hissy fit at him and being a brat. Like, this is the second brat that we witnessed in this episode. Um, she's just like stomping her little feet and being like, it's time you realize I'm not your little girl anymore. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. And ironically, she's acting like the biggest child. I know. Um, and then Arya goes over to Hannah's house, like we discussed. And the next thing that happens to Arya, I have, um, Arya says that she got a call from Jonah and they all are going to drive up to Brookhaven because they found out that Ali was getting texts from more than one number. In a different area. And they think that um, Melissa was the one that's sending the messages. Melissa mentioned previously that um, she was sending Ali messages telling her to back away. Um, but yes. now they think there might be someone other than Melissa who is A because there's more than one number. Um, but this is so weird because Jonah would have had this information like over a year ago. Why did he wait to conveniently tell them on this night? No, he had to tell them then. Uh, with no extra money, even though that was the biggest issue for him. Like, it's such a random thing. Like, it's not like he was—he just figured this out. Like, he would have been sitting on this information. And unless they were like, okay, well, we'll hire you to do more or something. It, it's really weird. So they go to Brookhaven. Yes. The first thing they see when they get there is a doll store. And it looks yes. freaky. And it looks exactly like the dolls that A sent them. So Aria goes um, back to the car to grab the Vivian coat. So she opens up the boot and um, literally puts on the coat. And oh before she's even slammed the boot shut, someone from behind her is like, Vivian? Vivian? Like, how easy was that? <laughs> she puts on the coat for one second and someone's like, oh, Vivian? Like, did everyone know Ali? Like, what What a t- what timing? But anyone with black hair and the red jacket is Vivian. And by that explanation, I too am Vivian. Yes, correct. But also, here's my thing. If Alison is hoping to use this uh, disguise to fly under the radar, can't you think of something a little less attention-grabbing? Like, maybe not a red coat? She still has to be fashionable. Like, if you're so iconic that people can recognise you from your back because you've got a red coat (laughs) and black hair, maybe that is not the disguise to hide in the shadows. So episode 23 starts with um, her talking to that guy. So she told Duncan that she was a friend of Vivian's and she hadn't seen her since. Duncan's like, well, Vivian wasn't um, her true name. And if you're really her friend, you would know what it is. 
And she says, it's Alison and he believes her. I have a question though. So this meeting is happening at school. So Ari has invited him to her school. He's driven all the way from Brookhaven to get to this school, but he appears to be school age himself. And if it's a school day, why is he not at school? Um, so anyway, um, this was the first time that Duncan found out about um, Ali being dead and all of that. Um, and yeah. he says he last saw her the weekend um, that she disappeared. And he was yeah. going to tell Arya some stuff later when they meet again. But when Arya is um, telling the girls about her conversation with Duncan, like it's again that thing that they just make up something and then go with yes. it. Like they said, oh, well, what if he wasn't really a friend and she was just flirting with him? Yeah. And Spencer's like, I don't think Ali wasted Vivian on flirting. Like, how do you know that? Maybe she did. She looks hot. <laughs> but yes, exactly. You don't yeah. know what she wasted Vivian on. She could have wasted Vivian on flirting. But also she didn't really waste Vivian on flirting because if he knew about Alison, she wasn't really Vivian most of the time. And he would have only called her Vivian because he thought she was wearing a black wig. See, next thing that happens to Arya for me, Ella stops in on Ezra, lying on his chair, and then he's like, come in. When he sees it's her, it stands up and he offers her a chocolate milk or an apple. Um, he's very grown-up snack. I'll take the chocolate milk, thank you. <laughs> yes. And um, Ella says, I'm just here to let you know that just because I sat down and listened to you doesn't mean I'm an ally. And he's like, mm. oh, what? I'm shocked by this. And it actually does matter to me what you think of me. Then Ella asks him about whether someone would be out there using the situation to hurt Arya. So mm. she's obviously still worried about A and the conversation she had with Ashley. And it also shows that um, Ella is looking for clues about what's happening with Arya as well because yes. she's like, using this opportunity to see if Ezra knows anything because she's yep. trying to get, like, is there someone that could be harassing Arya about this? Like, because she's got that A thing in her mind now. Yeah. And then this is when um Arya gets a message from Duncan and she's going off to meet him alone somewhere weird. This is totally normal. And then turns out um, Duncan's got a pilot license and they're going to go flying. But this should be alarm bells to you, Arya. Like, turn around, do not get in a plane with a guy you don't know i know the logic behind why she gets on this plane even is because he used to take alice and flying and um it's to get into the mind of allison and see what she experienced yeah she experienced flying <laughs> also don't experience everything ali experienced because now she dead <laughs> exactly like you can tell me what happened to ali on the ground thanks in a public place anyway so apparently he's had his pilot license since, since he was 16 but like how old are you now bro like, what was that, 10 minutes ago? Um, so apparently our, um, Alison used to feel safe in the plane with Duncan. And when she was up there, she took control. They couldn't get to her, he says. And Arya's like, well, who's they? And he's like, I don't know, maybe a stranger, a friend, a boy. Um, and then Duncan suggests that Arya start, start flying the plane because um, it will help her better understand Alison. And when he has her driving yeah. the plane, I think he's used this as a, like, intimidation tactic because mm -hmm. when he starts get, getting her to fly the plane, she's obviously anxious and nervous and she's not never done this before. She looks so on edge. He starts asking her mm -hmm. questions. He's like, I've done some reading since we've talked. And he starts asking about how um, if you said no one had done it, you know, Ian said that he did it and there's a suicide note and everything and he did this all while she was saying like I want to stop now and he's like just just another minute and like kept getting her to talk it's a good tactic maybe Ashley should use this I know it's like Hannah out flying but then um Hannah will fly the plane into the ocean to make a point and run away exactly but yeah but the exciting thing that comes out of this scene for us is we find out that apparently Ali had called Duncan from Hilton Head that weekend yes. that she disappeared and she wanted to fly from Hilton Head to a field outside Philly. And he said that she had figured something out. She was different that day, but he doesn't know what it was. Anyway, he picked her up and he flew her to a field outside Philly. But they've realized that this means that Allison was in Rosewood about six or seven hours earlier than what they originally thought she was. This girl was busy that day. She really was. But this is what I was going to comment on. 
So you know how earlier you said that these people just make assumptions on nothing and they just go with it? This is exactly one of those things. He said he flew to Hilton Head and picked her up and everything. But at this point, he hasn't told her mm. what time he dropped her off or what time he picked her up or when any of this happened. Why is she autumn? Because in the plane, she still says to him, like you said, she was in town six to seven hours before we thought she was. You don't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They kind of cover that a little bit later on when they do. Aria tells when she's telling the girl, she's like, Oh yeah, she was here before noon or something like that. And I'm like, Okay, if you know that then you know. But I agree. While she was in the plane, she just made that up. So Ezra calls Byron and asks him to come meet him. And Byron, you know, obliges. He comes in and asks like what this is all about and he thanks Byron for helping him with the job offer and everything like that. Um Byron's like, Oh, you know, give them an answer soon. And Ezra says, yep, I'm going to call them in a few minutes. But I wanted to tell you first since you played such an integral uh, role in me getting this job offer. And he says that he's not going to take the job. And Byron's like, you know, you're making a huge mistake. And Ezra thinks he's doing something here because he says it's not, <laughs> <laughs> he says it's yep. not the mistake you think I'm making. Um, you know, even though this job puts my career years ahead of schedule, I don't know why I would have taken it. And yeah, Ezra really thinks he's doing something when he says, um, you think I'm the kind of man that would take this way out, but I know that I'm not. But like, aren't you though? Because isn't that what you did to get this job? He suddenly has um, morals. But he knows he's the kind of man that doesn't do that. But he already did that. I don't understand. Byron set him up with another job six months or something after he got his teaching degree and worked at a high school for five minutes. He's now a uni lecturer. And now he's going to be like a dean assistant, all because he dated a teenage girl within like six months. And he's like, I'm not the kind of man that would do this. But the whole reason you took that job is so you could date Aria. But also he said, like, I think he meant, like, he's not the kind of man that would take this way out. So, like, he wouldn't give up and take this to get out of trouble is what he was saying. But, like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, he's done this this already before. And also, like, the reason you're in trouble is because you are a dodgy person. Like, don't try and act like you've got some morals now. I just hated this scene because Ezra really thought he did something with this scene, but he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. This is the, this is Ezra just usually, you know? I know. He's the worst. Um, and then I think um, Byron makes a comment to him about, like, don't let your ego get in the way. Yes. And then um, Ezra's like, cause he, so he does the Ezra special, and he's like, whose ego are we talking about? Oh, I know. <laughs> like your ego, mate. Um, so Ella and Byron um, end up talking after this. So there are two different approaches are coming to heads here. And Ella's like, I don't know what you were trying to do by um, strong arming him. And Byron's like, how was I strong arming him? I was giving him his dream job. <laughs> like, true. Yes, that was what I was going to say. Like, he has handled this the best way he possibly can. Ella's basically saying, if you back him into a corner, no one will end up happy. Yeah, because Ari is going to run away or elope. Yeah, so they're literally being good cop, bad cop now. But, yeah, I'm team Byron on this one. Because also, not only did he set him up with his dream job, I didn't realise this until Byron mentioned it. It's with housing. Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah, and that's all I have for Aria. That doesn't fit into the Spencer or Hannah timeline. And then we're up to the juicy stuff in the Spencer timeline. The big Spencer. The big Spencer. (laughs) Hey, big Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, episode 22 starts for Spencer with her talking to Melissa. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about uh, the car. So this is like Melissa and Spencer starting to be more honest with each other. Yeah. And they're talking about um, the night that she went, Spencer saw Melissa go in the car with Garrett and she says that that was a mistake. And Melissa gives Spencer some good goss about um, Peter and Veronica and Ali. So she says that um, – like her mum and dad were fighting a lot, but the fighting stopped when Allison went missing and that um, Peter seemed relieved. And yeah. she said that the night before Allison went missing, something was keeping Peter up. Melissa knew that Ali was doing dodgy shit and she kept telling, sending her texts telling her to stop. Spencer says, did you sign them? Because she's wor- wondering if Melissa is A, the messages that she was getting. And Melissa said, I didn't need to sign them. She knew who they were from. Which is like a bit like ominous, right? Because it's like, ooh, is she A? But also, usually when you text someone, your name comes up. Why would you sign them? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, Spencer also tells Melissa some stuff. So she tells her that she thinks Ali may have blackmailed Peter about Jason. Um, and, yeah, so that's the start of them talking to each other about stuff. Yeah, Spencer gets an A message after that. Um, mm-hmm. And it says, does mum and dad know you're watching horror movies? A. And they think that this is about the um, videos that they've been watching from yep. um, the NAT Club videos. And the girls all think that Melissa is A. Spencer is adamant that it's not. And she has a very good point. She says she wouldn't have texted herself from her dead husband's phone and tried to hide those messages. Like, very true. Yes. And the others aren't convinced. So Spencer asks for a bit more time to try and figure things out. And this is what I've been saying. They literally had no further information on anything that Melissa did other than she was also in that room with a group of other people. And they're like, let's go to the police. (laughs) They don't go to the cops when they need to go to the cops. I know. And they kept going on about it. Like, you've had so much more evidence that you haven't gone to the police on. Spencer walks back in and gets comes home, basically. And on the dining room, the kitchen counter, there's a little box sitting there that has her name on it. And Peter got her a fancy necklace to wear to the father-daughter dance. Um, Melissa yep. says it's to overcompensate because he's been lying to her so much lately. And then later after that, Peter comes up to her room and says that he also made dinner reservations at her favourite restaurant and that he's going to go to tennis and that he'd like her to join her, but she has to study so she doesn't go. And then she's like, um, how long are you going to be gone for, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> and he says he's going to be gone for a couple of hours and she uses that time. Uh, to go snoop in his office. So she says she was, Spencer says she was looking for stamps as her cover for Melissa, um, which is kind of like breaking the whole honesty thing that they were just coming together about what, like, and it's like if Melissa Mm. knows everything, why are you lying about this to check the checkbook? Like, you guys are on the same page for once. Yeah. But, yeah, that's such a good point. After the dance, Peter and Spencer go back to the study. So they get home. The first thing they do is go back to the study. Peter notices something weird. So... The gun that was in the drawer is missing. Um, and we've seen in a previous A scene that, so in like episode 21, I guess, so just before these ones, we saw A take a gun from Peter's desk. So we know yes. it was A. The drawer was locked when Spencer had had a look earlier. And when he goes back and has a look, he's like, the gun's missing. Did you move anything? And she says, no, everything was locked. And then he leaves a weird file on the desk. Full oh of photos of Allison. I know. First of all, why do you have a thousand photos of Allison? Yeah. I know. <laughs> After he reports the gun missing, he and Spencer have a chat and he says that the pictures were he gave to a PI for reference and he used the cash to get that PI. And what he was doing was looking into Allison's disappearance. He says that he did it because he wanted to protect Melissa because he knew Melissa Melissa was harassing Allison and he wanted a peace of mind. But, yeah, and then um, so the cops come over because of the report about the gun missing and Melissa comes over and she says that the lights woke her up and she fell asleep watching something on her laptop because Spencer asks her, did did she take the gun? And she says no. Um, And then she runs off. So she's like, "Uh, I'm not going to hang around here anymore. Things are getting weird. I'm going to go. But she does let Spencer know that if things get weird, she can always go stay with her. That's the real MVP right there. Like, just leave with her right now because things are already weird. So the first thing that happens in the next episode for Spencer is um, she sees Toby in the hall. Yes. Did either of you want to talk about that? Um, this is Toby at school the next day and she kind of goes up to him and you can tell his energy is a bit odd. He's being a bit standoffish towards Spencer and, you know, she's asking about her surgery and stuff to be polite, but you can tell she's kind of cranky and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she says something along the lines of that, you know, I've been thinking about us a lot since you've been gone and he's like, he said something like, I haven't. And I was just like, oof. And he walks away. No, he said it's too late for that, I think. Yeah, it's too late for that. Yeah. It's too late for that. And it's mm. right because she did, you know, get Emily to break up with him because of safety reasons. But now that he's back and looking fresh, doesn't mean he's no, he's no longer yeah. he's safe again now because he got a haircut. <laughs> like, And we find out in this scene as well that like Jenna did have the eye surgery. So we've seen her like just before, but um toby confirms she had the eye surgery and they do it one eye at a time so she's only on had it on one eye they don't know how it went yet um okay so next thing happens for spencer is jason is back at the school again and 
He's like yeah. carrying around books and everything now as well and files. And I'm like, yes, are you a student here now? Like, I've got some more stuff before we go there. So they're for some reason, they're outside Jenna's house. Why are they there? I think they were just walking to Emily's house. Uh, yeah. It was just a coincidence. Yeah. I was trying to figure yeah. out why they were there. By coincidence, they happen to be outside um, Jenna's house. And they see Garrett speed off and they're like, oh, he was in a hurry. And they get an A text and it says, where there's smoke, there's payback. Um, And they're talking about the fire department. The fire department's there. Jenna is talking to them. So they see Jenna and Toby and that just talking to the fire department. And they're talking out loud, full volume, about, um, I wonder what she's saying to them. Maybe it's that we're the ones who blinded Jenna. Like all of this out loud confessing to their old crime. And the whole time there's like a cop literally one meter away from them. Did you guys see that? As soon as it pans out, the cop starts walking past. I'm like, why are we talking so loud? It's like that thing again where because he's not on the screen, he doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And then um, Jenna is talking to Toby. They're in the hospital. And Jenna's talking to Toby about her surgery and she's talking about this movie that she saw where there was this old woman um, and she got her sight back and she filled her room with all these beautiful things so that she could see them when she could see again. And she's saying that that's what she's going to do. And then she says, and you're going to be there too. And then Toby's like, yeah, that woman was a mean old bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Ren comes over to check up on them. And Toby is like super sassy to Ren again about um, his tar- his cast and he says he already took it off. And then um, when Ren goes, Jenna says something which confused me. She's like, I bet even a lie would sound good in that accent. What does that mean, Jenna? What lie? I don't know. Everyone's just obsessed with <laughs> lies. <laughs> Maybe because you're always better yeah. off with a really good lie. Um, she just expects everyone to lie. Um, and then I have the Jason thing next, which you were going to talk about. Yeah, I was just going to say, Jason is back at the school again and he's carrying around all of these yeah. books and stuff now. And I'm like, is he just a student now? Does he just go there? <laughs> yeah, you don't even go here. Um, but he approaches the girls and says that um, he found some more of Allison's things in the bag and they're from the St. Germains and stuff like that. And so Maya must have dropped it on his porch and you know, Spencer invites him over to come and go through it with them. When they are going through the bag, they're at Spencer's house with Emily. Aria pops in to say that she's not staying and that she's going to go meet someone in the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, which absolutely could have been a text or a phone call. This is what I mean. But she's not going through the secret bag and then neither is Jason because Veronica walks in and kind of death stares him and he's like, I just leave the bag on the back porch if I'm not home. Um, see you all later. So they're going through the bag and they're not really seeing anything of interest. It's like kids' toys, like a music box, some like random like ball links and stuff like that. Like nothing super significant. Um, Yeah, and Spencer says it's just stuff, disconnected stuff. And she drops it back over to Jason's house and Veronica like makes sure that she dropped it off and Jason didn't come back. And then um, Hannah comes over with Spencer. This is the stuff that we were talking about earlier. But first, this is when Spencer's talks to her mum at first. So Spencer talks to Veronica um, and she starts telling her stuff about what she knows, what what Melissa knows, what Peter knows. And she's basically telling her, like, we all know little chunks of the truth. Why are we not telling each other things? She tells Veronica about the blackmail and Veronica tells her that that was her idea and it it wasn't Peter's idea, it was her idea. And so, yeah, we see that the family is, like, really kind of disjointed and... It's like what she said. They're all keeping secrets from each other, but also so is she. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the bag just has all of these random stuff in it. There's like a jewellery box with some old like extendable ring, like kid jewellery, and there's also like these detachable beads and stuff like that, like nothing um, significant. Like Spencer says, it's all all disconnected stuff. It's just stuff. Spencer drops it back over onto the back porch of Jason's house. And then Hannah comes over and they're eating peanut butter and milk. (laughs) Hannah goes to sit down and she sits on the newspaper and she's like, wow, times are rough because Michelle Obama wore this top two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I found it really funny that she recognized her top. So she's also a fan of the Royals and the, um, the American Royals, the American Royals. As they're sitting on, as she pulls that magazine out, Spencer realizes, no, that mag that sorry, newspaper is actually two years old. And there are some random things yep. highlighted and that it's all from the summer that Ali went missing. So 
they're like, oh, Ali packed this herself. The St. Germains didn't do this. And there are things highlighted and things circled. We have to get that bag back because the clues are what's with the bag and the bag itself. She tells Hannah to yeah. go get the bag while she, what was she doing? I don't remember. She was doing something. And as Hannah's like, mm. you know, walks over there, she's on the porch, she's picked up the bag, but she notices something funny and like flickering lights. So she drops the bag and looks at the window at Jason's house and suddenly Jenna with like a bloody mouth like slaps against the glass out of nowhere. Yeah. And she just like falls to the ground. Yeah. It like, really was. It was so bizarre. I was almost like not believing what I saw. I was like, is that Jenna? Like what just happened? Yes. But she realises that there's smoke coming out of the house and so Hannah runs in and you know, in a heroic effort, pulls Jenna out of the fire. Spencer comes over just in time and sees this happening, helps her and runs back and grabs the bag just before the whole house blows up. Like it explodes, mm. windows are broken everywhere and then it cuts to um, them being at the hospital with Jenna. Um, we see Jenna mm. talking to Toby and t- she says to Toby that, you know, she got a text from Jason saying that he wanted to talk to her and when she got there, someone opened the door but that's the last thing she remembers and then she woke up and everything was dark and she could smell smoke. So she can tell that she's like experiencing PTSD from the last time this happened to her and she completely lost her vision. Then Jason comes over and goes to talk to Spencer and everything and he says to her that he was halfway to Scranton um, when he got a call about his, um, his house burning down. So he didn't send the text apparently. He didn't know Jenna was there because Spencer asked, yeah. what, you know, what was she doing then? He's like, I have no idea. I was halfway to Scranton, which raises the question to me, is Scranton a real place or is this set in the same universe as The Office? Because I hope it's the latter. I think well, it's um, a, a real place. Well, that's rude. I was hoping he was going to go visit Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, it's a real place and it's in Pennsylvania. Lame. Yeah, so Spencer's hurt her hand in the kerfuffle and... Rennie's um, cleaning it because apparently it needs the full attention of a doctor and not just some nurse to slap on some Dettol. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's cleaning her hand um, ever so seductively and then he's, like, asking how Melissa is and um, he says that he sees that the carpenter is back. And then he says, fate keeps push showing us um, the same path. And then he asks Spencer, do you agree that certain things between us should have never happened? And she's like, no, I wouldn't take back anything Um which is a bit rude, like you should, because like at least for your relationship with Melissa. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Like it's not like Arya's, if you have a love worth fighting for, then you do it because she doesn't even think it's worth fighting for. Yeah. She just like ruined everything for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah, we can't hear it. But after all that stuff, um, Jason kind of sees Veronica sitting in the uh, living room and then he goes sits next to her and they start talking. The living room? Do you mean the waiting room? <laughs> the hospital the living room. Living room. The hospital. Yeah. Is that not the hospital living room? It is not. <laughs> so Toby asks Spencer if they can all go in and talk to Jenna because she wants to speak to them. And this is mm. really dumb because they go in and Jenna asks like Jenna just says, oh, I got a text from someone who basically lured me there. Um, and Hannah says, sorry, Spencer says, as in meaning us. And she's like, no, that's not what I'm saying and starts crying. And then Toby's mm-hmm. like, I think you should leave. Like, is that why he called her in there for? I <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, know. But also very fair enough on Jenna to wonder if they lured her there because they're the reason she went blind last time and set fire to her house while she was in there. 100% agree. I would not blame her for asking that. Yes. So Jenna does ask Hannah, why did you save me? And Hannah just pauses and says, you're welcome and leaves. Yeah. I think that's all I have for everything. Yeah. The last kind of scenes are um, the girls are back at the house and they're talking about the alley stuff. And they said that there's got to be a key. And then I think it's Hannah that says, we're the key. Ali always said that we knew more than we think. And they just start finding little bits and pieces like they've found half a postcard and then also yes. they've found that one of the newspapers is actually from august so it's an later than um the earlier ones so the earlier ones were from july and this one's from august yeah so they're trying to figure out the time pieces and how these things all fit together and one of the other things that they found is the clippings one of the clippings had a circle that had a circle around it was 
some sort of an ad for a music event at a gazebo in town. And it was the same day that they discovered she was in town um, a few hours early, six or seven hours early. So they think that that's where she went. And that's about it. But then we did have the final A scene. So they are sitting there. They have they are going through the stuff. The music box is at the end of the bed. They opened it and they're all talking. But for some reason, non-A related, suddenly the music box starts playing and they all stare at it. <laughs> This is not A-related because he's not in the window. He doesn't just walk into the room while they're there and turn it on. They're just shocked that music is playing, even though they opened the music box. (laughs) And then after that, we see A walking through some bushes and going towards um, Jason's house where the fire was and placing down a police badge. Yes. (laughs) I think that's all we had for that episode, right? Do you have a worst sister story, Adzum? Uh, I think my worst sister story is that I didn't even make it a week into the year before I got sick. But my actual worst sister story is I recently came to um, Western I Lives to come visit and everything. Every time after um, Christmas, when we tried to hang out, everywhere we wanted to go and eat was closed every time. I know. It was really sad. We ended up splitting a frozen pizza. (laughs) And then this other time I was going to visit her again, but something um, at work held me up a lot and I couldn't make it in time before the cafe near her closed so that was closed by the time I got to her and then we had to eat sushi train scraps because everything had gone in the lunch rush oh my god it was lunch scraps <laughs> sushi train scraps why are you so why are you so mean to this sushi place okay so we went late lunch so after the lunch rush when everyone had already bought everything so there was not much of a selection it was not yeah. scraps I don't know why you're hating on the sushi place. The sushi place did a good job and the food was tasty. So, like, yes, the food was tasty. Yeah, that's my worst sister story. But, yeah, does anyone have anything else they want to share before I wrap up? No. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, That's all there is to it. Let us know what you thought. You can reach us on our social media. You can find us at um, Sister Worst on Twitter and on Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, TikTok, Worcestershire, or you can also email us. You can also email us at Worcestershire at gmail.com. Please let us know what you think, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode of The Source. And next Shadeswood, we'll be covering the season finale. Yes, I'm so excited. Thanks, guys. Um, should we do a hadabam? Okay, I'll count us out. One, two, three. Hadabam. Hadabam. Hadabam.